Well, today is going to be, it's a first, actually. Today you're, you're able to be here for a second of a first, because you're the second service. But um, we're a church that's only four years old, or not even four years old, really, depending on how you, you, you count it. But uh, about two years into this thing as a, as a new church, about two years in, someone came up and said, you know, could we do something, could we have a Sunday where we pray for the graduates? Thought, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So a couple years ago, we we started praying for the graduates. Well, this year, um, as it came time to to, to um, start thinking about graduation Sunday, I was thinking about some conversations I've been having with Caitlin Stenerson, who's going to be sharing with us today. She's a person who is a gifted, gifted communicator, and she just happens to have just graduated. She graduated from high school, but she's already got two years of college done. So yeah, she's yeah. And she's got a lot, of, a lot of gifts, a lot of skills, but one of them is in communication. So I asked her, would you be willing to, uh, to come and share with us on, on graduation, graduation Sunday? And she said, yes. Now, I don't know if at the time I told you what first you'd be speaking on. <laughs> I might have waited until after she said yes to, to let you know what. Well, I gave her a passage that's the kind of passage, and she'll speak, share about this in more length, but I gave her the type of passage that um, those of us who've been through college or have been through high school, we love to share to those who are going through it now because we're like, oh, you, need, you should live by this. You know, you should live by this. Don't ignore the rest of the Bible, but live by this right now. So I, I thought, what if, what if we gave Caitlin that passage um, as somebody who is uh, just in that transition now um, of, of life from living under the, the roof with your parents to... to you know, going to be out on your own soon. So what if, what if a person in the thick of the age to which this passage was addressed, what if it came from her instead of from, from one of us? So Caitlin, why don't you come on up? Caitlin's going to be sharing. So as she gets into place here, let me, um, let me pray, for, pray for you. Again, probably more even for us than, than you. So let's pray. Lord, um, we already know that, that you have given Caitlin amazing, um, an amazing ability, a gift, a gift from you to be able to communicate. So, Lord, we pray that you unleash that gift again today, that you have her um, be a, a vessel used by you to, to share with us that which you want to say. And, Lord, we pray for us because we need this prayer too. Lord, I pray for everyone out here that, that all of us would have ears to hear and hearts to receive what it is that you want to say to us through Caitlin today. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give her a warm welcome as she shares it? All right, so like Chris said, I graduated um, on Tuesday, actually, so it seems kind of unreal to think that it's 18 years and now heading off on my own. Um, so when Chris first gave me this verse, it's uh, 2 Timothy 2, through 26. I kind of looked at it, and I was like, great, it's uh, the flee the evil desires of youth verse. That's awesome. Can't wait to talk on that one, you know, because I've only heard it a million times throughout my life. But it's one of those verses where, like, parents love to say it, and, like, youth pastors love to say it, and everyone else is like, hey, just flee. Just flee. It's easy. Just flee. Like, I I got through it. It's fine. Um, So when I first got the verse, I was like, okay, I've heard about this one all my life. Can't believe I actually have to talk on this one because it's one of those that's a little tough to talk about because, you know, I'm looking at it from a youth perspective of I've heard it all my life and how do we put this into practice now. Um, And it's not easy is the first thing. Like, I'm there with you guys that are working through this. Like, we've all sinned. I've sinned. We're all going to sin. Like, it's inevitable. And so it's just like, it's one of those things where, like, I'm there. I I get it. Um, And so it's just, it's that advice that you get from your parents that you're kind of like, okay, all right, sounds good. 
I'll work on that. Um, and there's advice like that that I've gotten from my parents all my life. This past summer, I decided to pick up a longboard because uh, everyone else on campus had one. And so I figured, you know, it can't be that hard. You know, everyone else has one. They'll go to class on it. It looks cool. I'm going to pick one up. Um, and so I picked up a longboard. My parents, first of all, we had a trip coming up for my aunt's birthday. My mom's like, you're not going to longboard before the trip because we're not going to deal with broken arms before the trip. So I'm like, okay, mom. All right, I'll... I'll trust you on that one, but once we get back, I'm going to longboard. So we get back from the trip. It's probably the only thing that actually made me want to come home from this trip. And I pull up the longboard right away. I'm like, I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. I get outside, chicken out right away, and I call my brother out. I'm like, hey, you should try this out. It's, it's called the longboard. You should do it because I'm too scared to. And so he tries it out. Yeah. Tries it out, gets on it right away, rides down the street completely fine. Like he's never ridden a longboard or a skateboard before, but he's completely fine with it. Just can go down the street, can go back, doesn't fall, doesn't like even stumble at all. So then I was like, okay, he can do it. I can do it too. You know, we have the same genes. We've got this. I don't have the best coordination or the best balance. I like to blame it on uh, my Norwegian side. But so I get on it. I get on it. I'm like, I got this. And so I start going down the street. First of all, I'm nervous. I'm like hanging onto his shoulder and he's walking along like as if I were a child. And my mom's like, you know, maybe you should wear knee pads and a helmet. I haven't had to wear knee pads and a helmet since I was like learning how to rollerblade in like kindergarten. So I'm like, no, I don't need that. I can do this. I'll be fine. And so I completely like ignore that. Don't wear knee pads or a helmet. And I get out there and so then I decide to go on my own. It's going fine for about like the first hour. And then I take my first spill and I fall in the middle of the road. Um, bruise my ego a little bit, but then also scrape my knee. So then I go into my mom and I'm like, hey, I scraped my knee. I need a Band-Aid. And she's like, okay, do you want knee pads now? No. So I go out again. I'm like, unequipped. I'm fine. I'll do this. It won't happen again. You know, I fell once. It's not going to happen again. So I go out the next day. I fall again. And so it's kind of like, like that advice that my parents gave me. You know, it's one of those things that you wish you would have listened to because it saves you from hurt later. Um, kind of like this verse that, you know, you hear all the time and you don't really take it to heart. But it definitely, like, saves you from hurt later and saves you from um, just things that you could have avoided if you would have just listened to it and taken it to heart. Um, so if I could get everyone to turn to Second Timothy 2, 22 through 26. All right, so... Um, a little bit of a backstory on this. I went over to Bethel Seminary and I was looking stuff up there. Um, it was my first time over there, and so I picked out this book from the reference section that was giving kind of some background on. Um, it was just talking mainly about virtues, but then it referenced this verse a few times, so I was paying some attention to it. So Paul here is in jail. Um, it's towards the end of his life. He writes to Timothy to come and visit him, um, and so he writes this like section, he writes Second Timothy to Timothy as kind of a little bit of advice as Timothy, you know, goes out in the world and has his ministry. And Timothy's a younger guy. He's just, you know, serving other people and everything like that. And so a lot of this has to do with how Timothy should stay strong through all the trials and how Timothy should persevere and, you know, just how Timothy should really live out his life for Christ. Um, so the Pauline epistles, including this book, are described as a set of virtues, um, so the first thing that I noticed when I looked up this word virtues in this Bible dictionary I was looking at was ethicists define a virtue as one of an integrated set of habitual inner dispositions of an ideal human life that is displayed by positive action. And I was like, what? <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong library right now. Um, but basically what it is is that these, what Paul was writing to Timothy was basically a set of, um, you know, how to live out your life that displays 
what you feel on the inside and, you know, displays your connection to God in the way that you understand the Bible and understand God. And so um, the Greeks, the Greek authors in this section or in this time period would have written about um, virtues a lot as morality and um, kind of just the actions of it. Their four moralities that they would have written about would have been wisdom, moderation, justice, and courage. And so in the light of that, Timothy was receiving this from Paul as how to live out his life with integrity and virtuous and everything like that. The early Christian church had eight virtues that they envisioned, and each one kind of built off of the other one, um, and it all progressed. So once you mastered one, then you could move, you know, move on to mastering the next, to the next, to the next, with the ultimate goal being um, this agape love. And so it was faith was the first one. Um, excellence, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, piety, brother, sisterly affection, and agape love, which is the love that Christ had when he died on the cross. So it's kind of like a sacrificial um, love and a love that you just give to people um, freely. And so, um, so Paul, when he writes this letter, is urging Timothy to stay strong through all the trials and urging him to live out a virtuous life so that he can kind of display his life to other people. And he wants Timothy to be developed into the man that God intended him to be. And so by having Timothy, you know, follow this, like, follow these advices that Paul had given him. It was kind of his way of saying, you know, here's how to live out a virtuous life, or here's what I found is the way that helps me best serve God. Um, And it would have been understood in the context of these virtues being, like, an action, which is a lot of why it says, you know, run from this and run towards this, is because it's an action. Um, So the verse opens to Paul telling Timothy to work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be one who does not need to be ashamed. Um, so he's telling Timothy, you know, at the end, we're all going to have to stand there and you need to stand there and like display your works without shame. Um, and a lot of what this relates to as teenagers and, you know, as graduates and in this world is, um, a lot of what we need to do is to be able to present ourselves as Christians without having to be ashamed of, you know, like our past because Christ is taking care of that and Christ will, you know, take care of that and cover our sins and everything like that. And that's why he died on the cross, so that he can do that. And so, you know, we don't have to live ashamed of it, but we also have to make sure that we're pursuing God's path. Um, so the verse goes, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, um, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Um, Yeah, so when I first heard that verse, I was like, all right, it's one of those that I've heard, but it's, it's heavy. It's really heavy. Um, especially being a teenager, you know, there's so many things that distract us. And so I was like, okay. Um, so I looked up a few different translations. The message translate that section of flee the evil desires of youth as um, to flee the infantile indulgences. And then New Living says um, to flee anything that stimulates youthful lust, which I found interesting because it all talks about, you know, like youth. And, you know, and so as a teenager, um, hearing all of that, it kind of brings me back to like, you know, trying to think about what that is and what that is for, like, our current society. And for me, I think that a lot of it has to do with the things that, like, our society honors and values. And so, like, different movies that, you know, we don't have to see, but our society is like, it's a great movie, you know, you should watch it. And we know deep down inside that it doesn't present the best light on, you know, what we need to be watching. But And then, like, music that comes out and everything like that and just all the things that we have bombarded at us um, on a daily basis as a teenager and even as adults, that's just really tough to like um, 
you know, steer around that and steer towards God. Um, and so this verse, when I was looking at it, was preceded by something that I, you know, never noticed before when I heard this verse, because usually this verse just gets taken out of context and put on like a sheet of paper that everyone gets and reads and like tosses it once you get home. And so before this verse, it says, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for good work. So it kind of puts a different light on the verse because originally, you know, you look at this verse and you're like, okay, flee infantile indulgences because the Bible says so. You know, it doesn't say a reason why you need to do this. It just says, just flee the evil desires of youth, which isn't really helpful um, when you don't know why exactly you're doing it. But with this verse, with the in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and keep yourself pure and you will be a special utensil. Um, basically, what's it, where Paul is light, writing this letter to Timothy and telling Timothy to flee the desires of youth is so that Timothy could be used um, by God to do God's work and could be better used than if he, you know, was indulging in all these things of, like, the society and not um, completely following what God wanted him to do. Um, And so that's why Paul is urging Timothy, and I think that really applies to us today as we look at, you know, all the different media influences and all the different, um, you know, stars that we see that are doing things that we think, especially as a teenager, you know, I see it and you're like, that looks fun. Why can't, you know, why can't I do that? That looks fun. Everyone else is doing it. It's fine. You know, I'm a kid. I get to, I'm allowed to make mistakes. Um, and so, but basically, what we need to do is we need to focus more on, like, our eternal versus, like, the temporary things that we can indulge in. So versus, like, going after, you know, well, I'm a teenager, so I only live once, so I should, you know, I should watch that movie. All my friends are watching that movie. I want to go see it, too. Um, it's instead keeping ourselves pure so that God can better use us for what he wants us to do in the future because really the only way that he can use us is if we submit to him and the best way to submit to him is to like turn away from everything else that could possibly distract us from his path. Um, And so my dad had a great quote when I was talking to him about this because I was talking to him about this verse and I was like, this is a tough verse. I'm not quite sure what to do with this because like I'm here too. You know, I'm still working through what it means exactly to turn away from this stuff and to run towards God. And it's tough because, you know, especially as a teenager, your friends are like, hey, I'm going to go see, you know, this movie. Do you want to go see it? And you're like, well, I really do. It looks hilarious, but, you know, I don't think it's the best morally. And so it's tough and it's like embarrassing sometimes because you have to tell them no and you don't want to. Um, And so I was talking to my dad about this. I was talking to my dad about the verse and everything, and he had a great quote that I put on the quote sheet. Live your life with purpose, not being reactive to what's going on around you. And the first verse that this brought to mind when my dad had said this was one in 1 Peter 1.7 that says, since we call on a God who judges each man's work impartially. And so when God looks at us, he doesn't go like, oh, they're a kid, so, you know, they don't get it. God expects us, like, he doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he expects us to strive after what he wants for us and to, you know, not strive after the world because, you know, that's the only way he can use us is if we follow after his purpose and everything like that. Um, and so God's going to look at us. He's not going to go, oh, they're a teenager. You know, they, they're allowed to make mistakes. They're not repentant of it, but hey, they're allowed. They can go see, you know, they can go see that movie. 
They, they only live once. Um, God's going to look at us and he's going to say, well, what was their heart like? You know, how did they posture their heart towards it? And so when we posture our heart towards wanting to go after God and wanting to live a life of integrity and everything like that, instead of like wanting to go after like the world because, you know, we only have such a short time. And I don't remember if it was here, whoever said this, thank you, but I don't remember where I heard this exactly, but I overheard a conversation somewhere where someone said, um, this time must be really special for the devil to want to distract us so bad. So we only have such a short time here on this earth where we can make a difference. And it must be really, really special for all these other outside influences to want to come and snatch us away from us trying to follow God. Um, and so there must be something, you know, really special about these few years that we have to actually go out into the world and make a difference. And especially for those of you that are graduating and going on to college or those of you that have graduated college and are now going into the world, like you're going to come into contact with so many people that you could reach and so many people that you could like talk to and, you know, just display your life. And so the only way that we can really do that is if we follow after what God wants to and pursue his plan versus pursuing our plan and pursuing what we have right now. Um, the second thing that I noticed about this Second Timothy verse was the part that says, um, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do as well. So I think that the best way that we can do that without quarreling, I think what essentially what Paul's saying to Timothy is, you know, don't get into arguments over, over like things in your life and don't get into arguments with other people. So I think it's more of a, um, you know, of Timothy wanting to live out his life so that he can display his life to other people instead of having to argue about, you know, argue about either things that he's doing where like um, something that I thought about was, you know, when you are in college, you have an opportunity to say, hey, do you want to come, you know, to campus ministries, or do you want to come to church with me on Sunday? But if we're out, you know, as teenagers, if we're out doing things with all of them that they, you know, all know about, so if we're going out to, like, parties Saturday night, and then we're like, hey, do you want to come to church with me tomorrow? And then next Saturday, we can, like, go out and party again. Um, you know, it's not the best way to display our lives for Christ, and so what it's going to do is our best way for us to lead people to Christ and to, um, you know, be evangelists like what Chris had talked about these past few weeks is for us to live out our lives with integrity so that people see it and say, hey, there's something different about that person. I want to know what it is. And hey, I want to get to know them better. And hey, I, you know, I see that they stumble and I see that they fall, but I see that they get back up and that they get back on the right path again. And the best way for us to do that is to live out our lives with integrity and to chase after God's purpose um, so that other people can also, you know, go with us and stand with us and all of that. Um, and then God wants us for big purposes, you guys. Like, he has a plan for us. And he wants to use us to the best of his ability. But the only way that he can really use us to the best of his ability is if we try to follow him to the best of our ability. And so what we need to do, you know, is we need to, you know, steer clear of the things that are going to distract us from God's plan and steer clear of the things that are going to take us off of his path for a while. And, like, there's, like, if you, you know, we're all going to fall and we're all going to step off. But it's more about constantly trying to, like, pursue him. And even though you're going to fall, it's getting back on that path and saying, okay, I want, I want your plan. I want your guidance with this. And I want, you know, I want to be able to follow your purpose for my life. Um, and he wants to see us the best that we can be. And so do, so does, you know, your friends, your family, stuff like that. Um, and... 
So at this point, there's kind of three things. First, to the graduates, you know, it's going to be tough. There's going to be, and to all the other teenagers, too, like, it's going to be tough. There's going to be things that you're going to struggle with. There's going to be times that you're going to fall. Um, there's going to be things that get in your path that are going to be tough. But, like, we all need to support each other in this, too, because we're all trying to walk this all along. And, I mean, you just need to support one another, and it's going to be tough, and you can get back on. And God, you know, God's there. God wants to be our best friend. God wants to be the person that we can say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need your help, you know, because he's going to help us and he's going to reward that. Um, To the parents, we do listen to your guys' advice more than you think that we do. Um, And we, you know, we need you guys too as we graduate. We need you guys to talk to us. We need you guys to tell us, you know, what, you know, you guys have been there. Like, that's the truth. You guys have been there. We haven't yet. We need you guys to say, hey, here's what I did that really worked when I was really struggling with this. Or here's, you know, my experiences with this part. And I need, like, I need you to hear me out on why this is best. Um, And everyone else, we're going to need your guys' prayers, too, as we move on. And we're going to need your guys' accountability. We're going to need you to talk to us about what's going on in our lives and to be willing to say, hey, you know, maybe that's not the best thing, so let's find an alternative or um, things like that. And so the best way for us to all move together towards God's plan is for us to, you know, flee the evil desires of youth. And the thing that I found interesting about this is the language that's used, like flee as in literally run away from it, get away from it. Like, just leave it behind, leave it in the dust. Don't, you know, pitter-patter around it and say, well, it's okay, and I'll kind of be in the middle here, so, like, here's God's path, here's, you know, the world's path. I can, like, be right here, and then I'm on either side. Um, But what he really wants us to do is to completely leave this path and to completely go after God's path. Um, And so what we need to do then is we just need to completely... Like, it's tough, but you just need to turn away from things. And it's tough and it's embarrassing to say, hey, I can't go to that movie with you guys. And it's, you know, sometimes you're going to feel alone and sometimes you're going to feel like you're the only one that is out there, but you're not the only one because I can guarantee that there's someone else too that's walking the same path as you and that's trying to, you know, live righteously and everything like that. Um, And so really what we just need to focus on is living for the eternal versus living for the temporary Um, And the thing that's going to last forever is, you know, our relationship with God and the way that we um, interact with God and the way that we interact with God's plan and the way that we follow it versus, you know, the way that we interact with our friends. It's not going to matter what movie was out, you know, 20 years from now, what movie you didn't see. No one's going to talk to you or ridicule you for that song that you didn't listen to 40 years ago, you know. And we just need to focus on following God's path because that's the way that we're not only going to be able to best live out our lives, but it's also the way that we're going to best be able to bring other people um, into relationship with God is by mirroring, you know, God's principles in our life and um, making people notice, hey, there's something different about that person. You know, it's kind of cool maybe that they don't go and see that movie and instead hang out and play board games in their dorm room and things like that. Um, so then the last verse that I want to leave you guys with is 1 Peter 1, 13 through 15. Um, it says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. Um, we're all going to fall. We're all going to stumble and fall down. But it doesn't matter the fall. It matters what you do after the fall. Um, if you pick yourself back up and if you go back on God's path and if you ask for his help and ask for, you know, there's, there's repentance. That's why Christ died, is so that, 
you know, we can be in relationship with him and it, no fall is ever fatal. Doesn't matter, you know, how far you fall and you can always get back up again. I'm like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, we're going to fall down, but we're going to get back up too. And so we're going to need people to keep us accountable. We're going to need our parents' prayers. We're going to need everyone else's prayers. Um, and especially as we graduate, we're going to need to find people that are going to keep us accountable at our schools too because we have such a short time for this. I mean, we only have four years in college that we can either use to like pursue this world or we can use it to like pursue God and to bring other people to God. And I mean, it's really cool that Chris talked about evangelism and everything like that because that's kind of what we all set out to do, you know? Like with our lives, we seek to bring people into like God's kingdom and bring people into God's family. And so like the way that we can best do that is by living out our lives so that other people can see that there's something different. Other people can want that. Um, and we have four years in college to do that where we're going to be in, you know, in communication with like a lot of people all at once and a lot of different people from different backgrounds. And so a lot of what we should do there is we should just live out our lives, right, so that we can you know, evangelize to other people. Um, and then even for adults, you come into contact with people all the time, and you have such a short time to actually reach these people. And so what we need to do is we need to make sure that we have the fruits of the Spirit showing um, instead of having them hidden by everything else that we kind of desire. Um, and so just moving forward, a big thing is that we just need to pray. We just need to, I mean, it sounds simple, but that's really the best way that we can know what God wants for us is to be in communication with him. And that's also, you know, he's, he wants to be our best friend. He wants to be the guy that we kind of all confide in and say, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me? And like, he wants that. He rewards that and he will listen and he'll respond. And um, like, there's always a way out of anything. Like, you're never going to face a situation where there isn't an escape. And so as we move forward, we just need to be in tune with God so that we can know, you know, where that escape is when we come into situations that are tough and we, um, you know, and we need to know that there's always repentance when you fall down. You can always get back up again. You're never down permanently. And so, um, you know, as we move forward, we just need to know that all these things are possible. It's possible to live fully after God. It's not an impossible task. Otherwise, you know, nobody would be able to do it. But it's going to take work, and it's going to take literally fleeing from the things of this world and literally pursuing, um, you know, God's works and God's virtues and everything like that, and that there's going to be a reward for that. Um, so if I could just close this in prayer. Awesome. Lord God, I thank you so much for your word and the fact that you still speak to us through it. Um, I thank you for, you know, everything that you provided us with, that you provide us with people that, to come around us when we fall, that you provided us with people that have advice that have been there before, um, and that you provide us with a way out of, you know, our sin and the way, and just for dying on the cross so that we can have repentance and we can have peace and we can know you um, and that we can learn to know and love you more. So I pray that as we go forward, we can just fully pursue you and... Um, just say no to everything of this world so that we can fully live after you, so that we can model your life and in our lives so that we can lead other people to you. Um, I thank you for just the opportunity that you give us to witness to people um, and that I thank you that you never let us go at it alone and that you're always with us in everything that we do and that you understand where we're coming from and that you lived here so that you would know and that so that we would know that you you know where we're coming from, you know what our hearts are like, you know, everything about that. Um, I pray that you would bless my words. I pray that um, you would just bless all the graduates and bless, you know, everyone else too. Bless the parents for raising 
um, the kids throughout the years. Give, um, give them and give us peace as we move forward. And, um, you know, let us, let us just always come together and just um, know one another and just be able to pray and everything like that. I thank you for everyone else, too, and for all the accountability that they've given these graduates throughout the years and for the future accountability and everything like that. Um, I pray that you would just control, um, you know, just kind of control our desires because they're a gift from you. And so I pray that you would help us to be able to understand which desires can be fulfilled through you. Um, Thank you for your word and thank you for allowing me to speak um, this morning. And I pray for our week and I pray for the graduates as they move forward to whatever they might do next, that you would just bless them and that you would bless everyone in this room. Amen. Can we express our appreciation? Um, as, uh, as she's sitting down, I just again want to say thank you. Thanks for going the extra mile, too, to go to the seminary and to unpack uh, um, what, what Paul was saying in, in Timothy. Um, while Caitlin was up there speaking, uh, there was an almost object lesson happening. I could see from my vantage point, this is a tripod stand. And the stand, one of the tripods, was precariously perched here right on the edge. And so as she's speaking, I'm kind of looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. Um, because of, the, of where this was positioned, it could have, it could have collapsed, you know, at, at any time. And I just, I, I found myself relating that to what you were saying and, and how this idea of, of not, not just how close to the edge can I get or how much in the middle can I get to, to what God says, but just saying, you know, instead of if here, instead of just where technically does sin start, if you're just God, I want to pursue you. It's going to keep you away from that edge, you know, of, of the train wreck of your life. So thank you for being an example of that and for encouraging us to pursue righteousness with our whole heart. So as we go forth today, let me pray that blessing over all of us that we'll, regardless of where we're at in this, this stage of life, that we'll pursue righteousness in such a way where it keeps us away from train wrecks that would not have to happen. So let's, uh, let me pray that blessing. Why don't you please stand? Let me pray the blessing as we go forth. Father, thank you. Thank you that, um, that you spoke to, to Caitlin. or Yeah, you spoke to her, and then you were able to communicate what you spoke to her through her to us. Father, we pray that we could take these, um, these words, just as she said, that we could take your words and we could apply them um, as we go forth, Lord, uh, Help us. Bless us in such a way where we can understand and pursue righteousness, Father, as we go forth from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.